Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. This is going to be our final episode of the year. So we're very excited about this. And it's been an incredible 2023. Um, Tony, I think you'd agree with me. So let me just set the stage here really quick. All right. So we've got a couple quick things to cover initially here. We're going to give a quick little look back for 2023 for the freight markets. And then, Tony, we're going to be joined by two very special guests to talk about Trucking Insurance 101 and what that means, how costs even get to where they are, what we can look for to the future, what goes into it, what, what even is trucking insurance and why is it even needed and a whole bunch more. So stay tuned for that after a quick little market update. But uh, Tony, if you had to, I'm gonna pick on you here for just a minute, right? If you had to describe the freight markets in 2023 using a word or a few words, right? Like what, you know, what comes to mind? Challenging. I think that's the first one to, to think about I mean, you look, and it's not even from a volume perspective because volume's grown throughout the year. It's yeah. the which there, we're going to look at here in just a second. Uh, I guess another one oversupplied. Yeah, uh, that uh, those two challenging and oversupplied would probably be below it. Yeah, it's a good way yeah. to put it too. So, Bloated. but I mean, the market it's it's setting it's trying to correct itself. It's what was unexpected about like how things have ended here. Like what what did maybe you predict happening that came to fruition, and what did you predict not predict happening? I think ocean volumes staying kind of resilient uh, yeah. through November and really early December. I think that was a surprise. Uh, not that. I know Henry Byers put out the article saying no real peak season, and there wasn't. When you look at, there is no peak. It's just this long, yeah. steady uh, levels, really. Yeah. I think that's one Not of the- Not a peak, but no dip either. Uh, well, yeah. Not a significant uh, one, at least. Correct. Week. Yeah, I think that's the key. And then, I mean, the other one is the consumers kind of stayed stronger than maybe I would have expected. Uh, I think yeah. you would have- at least started to feel effects of higher interest rates, student loan repayments, things like that. And it it hasn't showed up, but it's yeah. not to say some of those impacts won't be felt early next year. Yeah. Well, what I'm going to do here is let's put a chart up on the screen just for people to look at. This is our NTI index. So this is the... Um, is, is basically truckload prices. These are, these are daily spot rates. This is all in. So we're currently sitting at, I think it's about 224 a mile uh, or so. And it's, uh, I mean, look at that. It's already dropped off of like, we peaked out December 8th and we've just been declining since December 8th. But nonetheless, I mean, if you look at this, this is year to date, a lot of downward pressure. And that was from already a fairly depressed back half of 2022. So I, I think as we we kind of transition into the truck, truck insurance conversation here shortly, a lot of carriers are feeling a lot of pain from mm -hmm. the top line because this is their top of funnel, right? Yep. And that is translating to their cost of their equipment, cost of maintenance, cost of insurance, cost of driver wages, cost of fuel, right? So, you know, when this line goes down, it makes all those other necessary costs just feel that much more of a of a weight. Yeah, it, it, they're moving down in a time when they should be moving higher, yeah. right? You're, you, should, you should see spot rates increase through December and not go down from December 8th to what is it now? The, right. What, you'll have data from the 19th. So you shouldn't see that 
decrease. And I think that's because now you're starting off for any push higher from a carrier perspective, you're starting off that push over the next 10 days, 12 days from a much lower base than where you would have been, say, on December 8th, if you kept upward pressure. The hard part is putting upward pressure, right? When the market's so oversupplied, there's too much capacity. It's hard for a carrier to have enough bargaining power in the transportation market to put upward pressure on rates. The only way they do it is by coming offline. And with rates as low as they are, they can't afford to come offline. So it's just double-edged sword. No, that's so true. Well, here, let's do this. We're going to talk a little bit about truckload demand later on and where that's likely to go and when the market may start to rebalance in 2024. Um, Before we do that, let's talk. We want to introduce a couple of our guests. We've got some really special guests today joining us um, from Higglebotham, which we're really excited about. Uh, So we've got Brent Allred and Howard Summers here to really break down what's what what truck insurance even is, why it exists, just all, all the things you would need to know about this. So um, anyways, gentlemen, thank you for joining us here today. Really glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Yeah. Why don't, why don't we do this? If you can, each of us just give you, give a quick 20, 25 second introduction of yourselves, what you do at Hickelbotham and maybe kind of what even got you into, into insurance. Sure. So I'm I'm Brent Allred. Um, I run our transportation specialty practice at Higginbotham. Um, I, you know, I've been doing this for about 14 years. Um, how I got into the role I'm in today is I'm one of the few crazies out there that went to school for this. Uh, I got a risk management degree and kind of learned early on that this is the space I wanted to enter into. And um, I'm not unique in the fact that trucking found me about two years into that role of insurance, just kind of figuring out what the possibilities were there and just how we all know that trucking leads the way. So it's it's a it's a fun space to be in. No doubt a lot of challenges. So look forward to talking about some of those today and ways that we can look to address them. Awesome. How about you, Howard? Yeah, I um unlike Brent, I have not been in it for 14 years. Uh, I was actually in insurance for about six years right out of college. Left the industry, um, took kind of the entrepreneurial path, worked for a company. Uh, bought my own business, ran that for several years, um, was able to successfully sell that. And then as I began looking around at my next next adventure, I guess you could say, insurance, a lot like trucking, found me. And uh, Brent and I have been friends for a long time. We, we worked together in my first stint in insurance. And uh, we always kept in touch, um, kind of bounced ideas off one another. And after that acquisition, we uh, we reconnected and knew the yeah. opportunity was that. So that's how we ended up back in the business. But just like Brent, I focus specifically on trucking and transportation and work here with him in uh, Chattanooga. That's awesome. Well, glad to have you guys both here today. And hopefully you can you can educate us a little bit on insurance. Well, one thing I think is is probably important, right? We're I know uh, probably one of the most popular questions I imagine folks have on their mind is, you know, why does it cost what it does? Why are my premiums going up mm-hmm. if I don't, you know, have any problems? But before we get to some of that, I think it's probably good to define like wh- what's you know, we have insurance for so many things. We have health insurance, right? Car insurance, you know, disaster insurance on your home and all that. But like when we think about truck insurance in particular, just in the freight markets in general, like what's the, what, what's the purpose, right? What does it solve? Can you, Mm -hmm. can you help us out there? Yeah. I'll run with this, Brent. Um, the reality is that insurance is built to transfer risk. I mean, we have risk in every facet of your life, right? Whether it's your personal risk, whether you're, maybe your home burns down or you get hurt of some sort, your family gets hurt or something, um, 
some calamity comes comes along in life that disrupts the normal, right? So in your business, you have that same thing. So transportation specifically, it's no it's no secret. There's a massive amount of risk, whether it's a liability, mm-hmm. your truck hits somebody, the cargo you're hauling is damaged, one of your employees gets injured. The basic component of insurance is to transfer the risk you have to somebody else. So you trade a little, not figuratively, but in terms of what it could be, you're transferring that. And those are the ways to manage risk, whether it's meaning you can retain it, you can control it um, contractually, but transferring is is what insurance is. You transfer it from me to you based off of a premium. And so at its base level, that is what insurance is. It's, it's to manage the risk that you have in your business so that if something were to happen, you know that your operations can continue. Otherwise, your operations are, are at risk of being shut down if something major were to happen. I think I think that's a good way to put it, though, this transition of risk. Now, when you look at it from a carrier perspective, right, I think, do you think that insurance as a whole is one of those, like this, uh, it's, it's, I mean, we talk about it, right? It's like the safety net. Yep. Uh, but it's also one of their biggest expenses. Why do you think maybe that's the case, that it is one of the top expenses that a carrier faces on the, in their P&L versus, I don't know, I mean, we could talk about any, throw anything else out there yeah. and compare it. But like insurance always seems to be one of those biggest talking points from mm-hmm. a carrier perspective. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of reasons for why that's the case. I think just 30,000 foot view for, for why the costs there have increased so much over the years to where it's now staying steady in the top three or four expenses. One, we all know that there are a lot of, of plaintiff attorneys out there. This is a highly litigious country. And so you've seen a lot of severity plague the insurance industry over the last decade. Um, you've read anything about nuclear verdicts, you know, those are out there. It, there's there's factors outside of that, like medical inflation, right? So medical costs have gone up over the last few years. So if somebody's injured uh, five years ago, what it may have cost for them to be made whole in that scenario, a surgery today might be mm. considerably more. And then we've got along the lines of that nuclear verdict language is social inflation. So what is a jury of peers deem is reasonable for something today? And and that's all over the map. So you you factor in all those things, economic pressures too, um, when you have obviously underperforming markets, stock market, bonds, all those things, insurance companies seek uh, to, to make a lot of opportunity off of those. When it's not there, they're having to capture that under underwriting profit. So how do they do that when things are underperforming? Uh, I think I saw yesterday, just reviewing for this, the AMS said that last year's 2022 ending results for auto across the industry were 104% combined loss ratio. So I take in a dollar, I've paid out a dollar four. So they've, wow. they've lost money. Yeah, that's, that's tough. And, and I think it's one of those things, right? Like, how does a carrier, I mean... What's the driving changes? You kind of mentioned it, right? A lot of attorneys going after it. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Yep. You drive down the interstate, you see injured in a big rig accident, <laughs> exactly. right? Like that, you know that it's coming. But like, how can a carrier, like what what are the largest reasons like the, the insurance rates change to a carrier? And like, how can a carrier mitigate risk, right? Because yep. insurance in itself is a risk mitigator, but how can you kind of maybe get, your insurance rates under control to where it's like, okay, we're comfortable, things like that. Because a lot of times it's not driven by the that carrier. It's driven by all mm-hmm. the outside pressures. Yep. Mm. 
I, I think we go back to some of the things that Howard said to start this was that there's other ways to to handle risk or assess yeah. risk in your business. Um, one that I see the larger fleets taking advantage of and have been for many years now is they're assuming some of that risk. They're transferring some to insurance, but maybe taking a large deductible, or you may have heard the the term self-insured retention. They're they're keeping some of that in-house, some of that predictable frequent loss that they know they have. That's one way to do it. Obviously, there's been a huge rise in group captives. So that's the pooling of risk, right? I'm sharing in this with you. We are all best in class. So we kind of know how to hold each other accountable here. Um, there are other methods, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, to, to shrink cost, today's world may be taking less insurance limit. So these bigger fleets that used to buy towers of tens of millions of dollars of insurance may now be reducing that as a means to try to, you know, lower costs there. So there's not a tried and true way to do it. I can tell you that the best operations out there that that are safety minded, adopting technology, doing all the things uh, yeah. above board are are still left with a fighting chance to try to reduce costs. Yeah, and I would I would add to that. I mean, from an operational perspective, safety's preached a lot. I mean, if they can show a strong history, safety measures, um, no losses. I mean, that plays a massive role in their pricing. You know, so it's it's not specifically insurance, but it has a has an effect on insurance. Is the operational perspective of are their drivers being safe? Do they have any claims? Do they have any accidents? Which is ultimately going to fall on the business from a day to day perspective. Yeah, from a from a new carrier's perspective, mm-hmm. right? Let's say I'm a new carrier coming into the market, whether I'm an owner operator or uh, you know manage to have a small fleet of three, four, five trucks, whatever the number is, right? But I'm I'm new to the market, right? What is somebody who maybe hasn't entered the market yet, but is planning to make an investment in it? What, what do, when shopping for insurance or just even beginning to think about insurance and have that conversation, right? Like what are maybe the questions they should just be thinking about or asking? And then, you know, what are, what are things to look out for, you know, as they want to have hopefully a, a long-term relationship, but a positive outcome with insurance and a positive partnership with insurance, you know, going forward, what does that, what does that look like for somebody? I, I think in the early stages, when you're just getting on board, it's, it's, what do you think you're going to be hauling one, right? Yeah. What's the freight that you're actually moving? Mm-hmm. Because obviously there's different regulations for different things. So hazmat versus vanilla drive and freight, obviously there's a higher insurance requirement for that. Um, I think it's a lot to do with where you're going and that's hard to predict on the front end, right? You don't really know that, but maybe even where your position, what state you live in, can have an impact on that. Maybe that's an insurance company not willing to write in a certain state, but will write in another. I know that's crazy because obviously they're crossing state lines all the time, but um, the perception of venues is different from each state. And so I think in the early early on onset of you trying to get into the space, no two, there are, there are far few players in that segment than there've ever been for all the reasons I just said before, which is that they've not made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so I think from a cost perspective, things have been the worst they've been in a long time. And so solutions are to a minimum. Um, so I would, I hate to say it this way, but I would say buckle up for those first three years because the cost will be probably pushing a top two expense for your business at that point, just right outside yeah. of fuel. Well, what what needs to change with insurance, right? Well, actually, let's answer this two ways, right? So, you know, <clears throat> you, you've both have been in insurance and then, uh, and obviously you've been in trucking insurance now for a while, but like when you look over the last decade or so, or even the half decade, right? What's what's improved with the process or just the industry as a whole when it comes to insurance? And then 
what are what are some of those priority items that you guys would like to see improved over the next 10 years? You want to start with just some of the improvements you've seen and I can Yeah, um I think improvements from a insurance plus an operational perspective with trucking companies, the way that they're monitoring safety, um EODs, tracking mm-hmm. metrics, things like that, being able to monitor how these trucking fleets operate on a day-to-day basis. Now, during the beginning of stages, truthfully, of being able to use that data to produce pricing, we'll see how that kind of plays out over the next several years. But it's in, it's moving in the right direction, right? Yeah. So that you are, you're not just looking at a three-year loss run. You're looking at the day-to-day, how these guys are performing, whether it's speed, stop ratios, um, how, how long they're on the road, things like that. That's moving in the right direction. I would say, um, man, negatives is obviously having to deal, as corny as it sounds, price is incredibly important to the operation of a business. In the beginning stages of a trucking company, let's say you neglect to review the actual policy or the review what you're buying. You know, insurance is an intangible product. That is why so many people struggle with it. It's not like this book or this table or microphone. If you don't review it and you have a claim that's not covered, well, what was the benefit of paying for that policy? So it's that's still a negative in terms of uh, insureds not reviewing what they're really buying. And it's that falls on behalf of the of the agent mm-hmm. side. But so there's two pros and cons to that. But yeah. yeah, I would just say too, from people purchasing insurance, what I think they would feel their perception that's negative over the last few years within within the insurance industry. There are a lot, but one I would put up in, in the forefront of their minds is not combating some of these claims where you yeah. have these billboard attorneys, right? And you're, you're letting them play their game and the book's out there, right? You can read about all these, this reptile theory, all these things that they're mass producing, which you can go buy on Amazon for a thousand dollars, by the way, that's the cost of that wow. book now. Um, but, but what strategies are we deploying? Um, why are we settling every case? I, I, we understand the ramifications of being in front of a jury and that not going well. So I get that. But at the end of the day, it's, Taking a chance, be a little bit more aggressive in the pursuit on those claims, or they're not gonna they're not gonna get better. And mm-hmm. so I think that's the frustration we see is costs keep going up, but you almost hear so much about nuclear verdicts, those yeah, huge yeah. settlements, right? Mm-hmm. Those are a dime a dozen in comparison to what I call nuclear settlements. And all that is is let's say the perception is this claims fifty thousand dollars in my mind, mm-hmm. but we settled for a hundred thousand. That's hundred percent over, yeah. right? What I expected this claim to end at, that's a nuclear settlement and that's happening every day. And so I think that's the challenge that the insurance companies are tasked with the fix and using the technologies that most trucks have now with cameras, ELDs, that's going to be used as a better underwriting scrutiny because you can't take the old method of reviewing MVRs and looking at IFTA reports and making assumption about, you know, length of haul, you know, if they're being dispatched, not in the area of where their office is, which is trucking every day, mm. you may perceive that operations running 500 miles on average. Well, no, if they started in one state and they're going one state over, it may be a, a 200, 300 mile operation. Mm-hmm. So they're using those things to, to refine pricing. I would say there are a few that are out there in the early stages that are, are key insurers to watch because if they perform like we think they will, the national brands that you might know uh, over the years are gonna absolutely follow suit. Yeah, I think I think you all talked about the data and the data side, right, with the advancements of technology within the truck itself. But like talk about through, and it seems crazy, but you look at 
say auto insurance, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, that quoting process is so easy now. It, you just plug in all the information online, it spits out mm-hmm. the quote, and it it feels like on the trucking side, it's maybe not to that level yet. And is it just a matter of taking in, ingesting more of this data f- as it's kind of advanced and, and become more readily available? Or is it just a, a change that the industry has to make as a whole to kind of make that, I don't say e- a quoting process easier, but to some extent, maybe take the burden off having to go out there and search it and you can shop from your computer or your phone nowadays for most things, mm-hmm. making it kind of available that way too. And I think they're working on that. I think some of those newer models we mentioned that are on the the, the beginning phases are rolling out. They are making it where you can get a realistic indication for what cost would look like with them with just a few, a few pieces of information, a DOT number, maybe an MC number, any of those things that are readily available to the public. Um, I, I think that is the future. Technology is the future. I kind of wish I didn't say this because I'm in the business, but I do think insurance tends to be more conservative on the cutting edge of technology. Maybe not on like claims management mm-hmm. and diving into data, but deploying data to the end consumer. They seem mm-hmm. to be cautious about how they roll that out. Um, and I think because they know that that affects pricing and they get it wrong, they're upside down even further. So yeah. I think they'll, but they are working on those things. And I agree with you, it's a cumbersome process, so. We talk a lot on this show about, you know, what's going on in the freight economy, right? How is how is the market shifting and who's impacted by that? And we've talked a little bit today, but, you know, I guess from does how when the freight market is shifting, whether it's going mm-hmm. up or down or it's flat, whatever it may be, right? But like, how does that play an impact on the world of insurance for for your industry? Well, maybe a little known fact to to the listeners and viewers here is that insurance companies have kind of two metrics for returning profit. One is, you know, when the uh, stock market, bonds, all that are performing well, they're earning money off the dollars they take in off your premiums and they invest that money. They get a return off that money. That largely in some cases can offset underwriting losses. So when you're in times like we are today, where it's just been a little bit all over the place and unpredictable most of the time, they're having to go to the other lever. They're pulling that now, which is now on underwriting profit. Well, if you hear the results of 2022, uh, 104% combined, rates have to go up for them Mm -hmm. to try to offset that narrative. So I think you're seeing a lot of pressures from the economy there as things, I I would say, calm down in the stock market or a little more predictable there. Maybe you'll see a little bit uh, of relief on the on the rate side, but those are the two metrics for how insurance primarily make a, a profit, a return of profit. So, yeah, I think one thing that's interesting, or hopefully for the listeners out there too, is you know it's it obviously rate truckload rates have been down, which makes it you know you know your premiums and your fuel costs and driver wages that makes that much more difficult to um, to bear the brunt of that is left meat yep. left on the bone, but. Something that we've been looking at earlier and we've been trying to forecast a little bit is it, it looks like potentially um, the good times are beginning to show the we're beginning to show the early signs that there's a shift. Right. If we can, we're going to do this really quickly. We only have about two and a half minutes left, but um, let's put up the slide between carrier details and demand. Um, yeah, that one. Uh, no, next. Let's do one more. Perfect. So. Because I think this does a really good job of outlining where we are, why we're here, and 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 hopefully, you know, when this does start to shift, it makes those insurance premiums a little bit, little bit easier to digest. 
Because I think that's part of the problem is carriers are, are just, they're so frustrated right now. And it's not just because of the premiums of insurance, but it's because the market is so down. So they're kind of getting hit from both sides. But like when you look at this chart, so the blue line is truckload demand, right? You see that big swing up there in, in mid-2020, you know, demand greatly outbalanced capacity. Capacity is the, the, the yellow line, by the way. And then it fell below capacity. And well, what happened? Rates started to fall, right? But now if you look at demand, demand's been rising all year. Mm-hmm. Blue line's been rising all year and capacity's been shrinking all year. Yep. But there's still an imbalance. There's still a gap. Yeah. And not only do we need to close the gap, I think we almost need to flip it. The blue line really needs to flip a little bit above the yellow line for carriers to f- probably feel relief. Uh, I'll push back on that. I don't think it has to flip to above it, maybe on a national level. But I think once that gap closes to some tighter margin, even if it's felt right where capacity is still larger than demand, there will be pockets of capacity pressures yeah. in certain areas that can help boost rates. It might not be a national out. level, That's true, but there'll be areas where there's a, more area of opportunity than what, I mean, what's currently yeah. in the market, right? Yeah. So I think from a carrier's perspective, from the listeners, right, this should be exciting because it, 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 you know, there is a little bit of storm left, but it looks like, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're definitely on the back half of that storm here. Mm-hmm. And it looks like by, by a decent wage. So if the trend lines hold, we're, we're talking somewhere in mid-2024 where things should really start to rebalance. Um, and then um, and then hopefully we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Time will tell, of course, but it looks like we're on that trend line. But anyways, um, Brent and Howard, thank you guys so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll have yep. to have you on again to tell us a little bit more about insurance, the latest technology, how it's going to improve the industry. We're excited to, to learn more there. And hopefully everybody as well, um, if you have more questions and you just want to have a conversation, uh, feel free to reach out to Brent or Howard. You can leave a message in the comments below as well, and we'll get you in touch with them. But in the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day. Enjoy your Christmas and happy new year.